0: Hello, and welcome to Thank You for Toilet Paper, a history of the little things, a podcast where we talk about a few things to be grateful for and the history and stories behind them. I'm your host, Elizabeth Miller. Thank you so much for joining me today. Let's get going. When I was living in Germany, I had a really difficult time finding brown sugar. I was a missionary there for the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, long name I know, and uh, so at that time I had a companion, a fellow missionary with me, and she was determined to figure out a way to make chocolate chip Cookies. We had a hard time finding chocolate chips too, so we ended up just like cutting up some chocolate bars into chunks. But when it came to finding brown sugar, we struck out. Pretty much, you could find them on uh, U.S. bases around there, but we were not near those at the time. Either it was too expensive, or we couldn't find it, or it wasn't like exactly right. Like it was too dry. I don't remember exactly, but we we struggled. But there was a solution. We could make brown sugar. It involved mixing white sugar with molasses. We did this by hand, and I tell you, for me, it was a very soothing experience. Mixing the sticky molasses with grainy sugar was incredibly calming. So if you ever run out of brown sugar in your household, now you know. And if you ever want a very, like, kinesthetically soothing activity, now you also know. So for all the chocolate chip cookies out there, as well as countless other recipes, let's take a little bit of time for a little bit of gratitude for molasses. Now, just as a bit of a heads up, molasses and its history does intersect with the slave trade. So that is a part of its history as well, and that will come up in this episode. With that in mind, let's go back to the beginning for molasses. Molasses dates back to about 500 BCE in India largely coming from sugarcane. It took a while for molasses and sugarcane to spread around the world, however. Eventually, it was people from the Middle East who took molasses from India to Spain around about the time of the Middle Ages. So from 500 BCE to the Middle Ages, India was enjoying molasses and the rest of us had no idea. Then later, Christopher Columbus took sugarcane to the Canary Islands in 1493, and from there it traveled to the West Indies. This is about where we find molasses in the history of the slave trade. In the 17th century, molasses was used to trade for enslaved peoples from Africa to the Caribbean. The molasses was then taken to New England in America where the molasses was used to produce rum. So either to the colonies in America or back to Britain and a lot of this was just for the production of rum. In the colonial U.S., the residents there preferred French molasses to British molasses because they could get a better price on the French variety. In order to combat this, the British enacted the Molasses Act of 1733, which taxed six pence on any foreign molasses coming into the colonies. The colonists did not love this, so they decided to smuggle molasses from the West Indies instead. All of this was largely for making rum. Over history, molasses had largely been used for a sweetener or for rum creation. So we've been using it for a long time. And we're going to jump ahead here to kind of the next big thing in the U.S. history of molasses. In 1919, in the U.S., there was a great disaster with molasses. It's called the Great Molasses Flood or the Boston Molasses Disaster. There was a storage tank of molasses and it held about 2.3 million gallons of molasses. That's about 8,700 cubic meters, which weighs about 13,000 short tons or 12,000 metric tons. This tank burst and the molasses rushed through the streets at an alarming 37 miles an hour. 56 kilometers an hour. About 21 people died and 150 people were hurt. The story goes that for years afterward, the area still smelled like molasses on hotter days in the summer. It took a long time to clean up the aftermath, and those who did used salt water to wash the molasses away and sand to soak it up as well. So, fraught history with molasses. Very delicious, used in many different recipes, but also, like, there are some interesting stories there as well. The word molasses comes from the Portuguese word molasso, with Latin roots meaning something that intensifies honey. Maderia Island molasses, which is cane molasses, was actually a huge part of traditional cooking and was called mel de cana, which translates to cane's honey. Molasses itself is a viscous syrup, thick and dark in color, that comes from the process of refining sugar beets and sugar cane, making it into sugar. For the process of taking sugar beets and sugar cane and making it into sugar, so for example taking the leaves from sugar cane, extracting the juice either by cutting or mashing or crushing, then these juices of the cane and the beet go through a process of evaporation, crystallization, and centrifugation. Molasses comes from the liquid left behind in this process. Now, the first boiling process actually produces what is called first syrup, or in southern parts of the US, this is called cane sugar. The second boiling makes a more bitter syrup. You can boil it a third time and get an even thicker syrup. Now, we also mentioned sugar beets as a source for making molasses. This type of molasses is popular in Europe. In the UK, molasses is more commonly called treacle, and they have dark treacle, which is more like molasses, and light treacle, which is more like golden syrup. There's also molasses made from pomegranates, grapes, dates, carob trees, and mulberries, which are popular in the Middle East. In general, there's also citrus molasses, which is made from dried pulp of citrus. There's also hemicellulose extract, which is made from wood, and starch molasses, which is made from corn or grain cane sugar molasses actually has more in it than just sugar it has vitamin b6 and a few other minerals like magnesium iron manganese and calcium in fact it contains so much of those vitamins that one tablespoon's worth of syrup takes care of like 20 percent of your daily intake of those minerals and vitamin b6 the third boil of the syrup that one is called blackstrap in the u.s and it is also a good source of potassium Molasses was largely used as a sweetener over the course of its history. These days, we may use more refined sugar for that task, but it's still important in the creation of brown sugar, as well as in the process of making rum. It has a few other unexpected uses as well. It can be used to remove rust, has been used in making yeast, as well as being added to livestock food. It can also be used to enrich soil can be used as a color for dye in gingerbread, barbecue sauce, vinaigrette, and more. In earlier uses, it was also used to cast ink rollers. It has even been used a bit in brick and mortar. These days, the largest producers of molasses are Brazil, then India, followed by Thailand. So molasses has a very interesting history. And as we learned, it's not all like friendly history. Some of it's very sad. Some of it's very painful. And that's important to remember and learn from. So for the painful parts of that history of molasses, I feel we can learn and remember. And for the good parts of molasses, like emergency chocolate chip cookies abroad, as well as the other foods that it's been a part of throughout our lives, I'm very grateful. So it's a little bit of a complicated history. And that's actually kind of normal. Many things are that way. So even though there are painful parts, there are also good parts, and for all of it, because we can learn from all of it, I'm very grateful for learning more about the history of molasses and for molasses itself. That's it for today's episode. Thank you so much for listening, and I hope you have a marvelous day. Take care.